Presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I'm Mike Keith. Amy Wells joins me. And welcome, first of all. Hi, Mike Keith. This is our first two-person OTP since I think we were last together. Whoa. Yeah, and we were last together on March the 20th. Yep, that is true. That's the last time I saw your face in real life. Yeah, we did that at the stadium. We went to Nissan Stadium and taped the podcast before everything shut down. And since then, it's it's been all virtual. That's crazy. I can't believe that that amount of time has passed. And I guess the real question is, scale of 1 to 10, how much do you miss me? Oh, oh 12. Ah, good answer. Certainly a 12. (laughs) Truthfully, I miss everybody. I mean, I don't mean to make that less special for you, but I I miss, you know, I miss our team of people that we work with. I miss being around John Robinson and Mike Vrabel taking their constant harassment. One of the great things about our job is we are literally and figuratively part of a team. And it's one of the great things, you know, when I, when I came to work here years ago, one of the things I was most excited about was working for a team once again. Because when I was a media member, I missed it. I, I missed being involved in a team and then within an organization, a team, then you have a team of people too that you work with. And so, you know, that's been hard. It's been hard not being around the guys and the people in the office and I think everybody is saying that, but from our standpoint, this March to the end of June, the literal March, April, May, June, or the March to the end of June, however you want to call it, <laughs> it's our time of the year where we get a lot done. We spend a lot of time together. It's almost like our second season because we are getting so much ready for the year. The period we're in right now is is the only downtime of the entire year. You know, everybody goes on vacation, everybody gets away for a while, but man, March, April, May, and at least the first half of June, it's a lot of fun because we're really working hard for the year and we missed all that. Yeah, it's been very strange for me trying to figure out what time of the year it is because my internal Mm -hmm. clock is so programmed to kind of the football season clock Mm -hmm. and traveling a lot March, April, May, trying to get lots of feature stories done, trying to go to pro days and different workouts and get ready for the draft. And we're just on the move a lot. For me personally, I'm physically traveling almost more during the off season than I am during the season, just because there's so many different things that we can do. So right now where we are at the end of June, we are usually entering kind of our vacation slowdown period. Mm -hmm. Whereas my body feels very well rested in terms of I haven't been physically on the go because I've been physically in my home. My body feels like it's ready to be ramping up to something that I still kind of have six weeks for. So my body's stuck in this weird, is it March? 
Is it July? What time of the year is it? It's just, I'm very thrown off from like a circadian rhythm kind of standpoint. But I mean, we have still been working. We've been able to get a lot of things accomplished in this time. I know, Mike, you've been able to really prepare for the upcoming season and I think get ahead a little bit on some of the stuff that you do. Yeah, I think that's right. Because a lot of the, what I call my accountant type work, where you just have to sit with the computer and you have to read and you have to make notes and you have to go through and update your notes and all of those sorts of things. It's dull. I mean, it's it's understandably dull, but you have to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm ahead of schedule because where I would be, and it's funny you would talk about the travel, I do travel more in February, March, April, May, June, July. I definitely do because I go to speak at civic clubs and visit with our Titans radio partners and our Titans TV partners and do some ticketing things and some sponsorship things. I love that. I love that part of my job. I've always told people that I really have two different jobs. I have the in-season calling the games type of thing. And then I have the out-of-season where you're getting to work with a lot of people that you really enjoy working with in different ways because you have more time. So the difference for me is the accountant type preparation work, all the numbers and the facts and the figures, that has gone on. But the the travel obviously has been missed. And I think I'm going to get to to do some speaking type things and visiting with some people in July. I hope, you know, I I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see exactly what's going to go on, but you know, that's our difference. And everybody has their own story. You know, nobody needs to say it's been a strange year. We all know that. No matter what field you're in, it's been a strange year. For for us, though, that's been the strange part of our spring. No players, no coaches, no interaction with them, no putting things in the can for the fall like we would normally do. And no getting out to see, you know, the people that we enjoy going to see. No Titans caravan. No, you know, people have asked about will there be Titans caravan. There's not going to be any way to be Titans caravan. Because once we get back, it's all football. Yeah. I mean, we're going to hit the ground and we're going to roll. I do want to ask you about something else, though. So people have asked me, where have you been doing your Zoom in your house? And for the majority of the time, I've been in my bonus room, and we've had a problem with the two dogs barking, so I've moved somewhere else. To an undisclosed location? <laughs> well, this is a guest bedroom now, uh, because the dogs can't see the door closed. When the dogs see the door closed, they start barking, and Ooh. it tends to be very disruptive. For you, where have you been doing your Zoom calls? Today, I'm in a different location as well. I've moved upstairs today because there's some work going on downstairs. But I've been in my laundry room for the majority of the time. And it's my laundry room slash home office. There's kind of a desk and my computer set up in there. And like I kind of have my own space that has all of my notes and everything that I can leave set up. But it's also the laundry. So a lot of times I'll have to ask our producer, Ashley Farrell, 
can you hear my dryer? <laughs> can you That's awesome. are there clothes in the background of this shot? Like 95% of the time, if I have a background up, it's because there are piles of laundry waiting to be folded behind me. And I don't need anybody to see that. But anybody walking by on my cul-de-sac can see me using the front window of my house that goes to my laundry room, just sitting in the window trying to get that good light, you know. So it's uh, an odd place to be. Now, you bought a house during all of this. We sure did, because the only real way to get through a pandemic is buying some real estate and moving. Why not? Wow. It was a bizarre experience, and the whole buying of the house happened very quickly. We just kind of stumbled upon a house that was perfect and were able to get something going as the world was kind of shutting down. So it's like, okay, things are closing. All right, schools are closing. All right, we're two weeks out from closing on our house. How is all of this going to work? So when we actually signed the papers to close on our house, there was nobody else in the office, like the real estate office. The woman who was there helping us, bless her heart, she did not want to be there because we're like these germ-infested humans who came in to sit in a room with her and sign all these papers. We like took the pens with us, we're wearing masks. It was just a very bizarre situation in terms of we were all trying to figure out what this new COVID world was going to be like. So it, it was strange. We moved ourselves because we weren't really sure if we would be able to get someone to help us move furniture because everything when you're moving is very like physically close to other people. Like sure. having people come into your home and pack your things and move your thing. Like it's a very intimate situation. So it was a little strange. We're still trying to buy furniture. I guess we've been in this house about a month and a half, almost two months now. And we're still trying to buy furniture because furniture stores just opened and we're we're very fortunate in that we've been able to get this house set up like we have had way more free time just because we're not in and out of the house you know i haven't been on the road i've been able to really focus on unpacking boxes and i've been able to focus on planting flowers and making the house feel more like a home because I'm physically here more than I ever have been before in one location. So it, it's been a great blessing in that regard that we're going into football season with a house that feels like a home because we've spent yeah. a lot of time here. But man, it's been, it's been very bizarre. It's, it's just, it's a weird time to move in a pandemic. Now, so let me ask you this, second important question. Do you have a Titans mask? I don't have a Titans mask. I got one. You did? Do you have like the name of a guy? Rhett Bryan's um, oh. mother-in-law made him for us. That's really cool. Yeah, and then uh, Michelle has ordered me some on, on a couple of websites and they're going to come in. So I'm going to be, everywhere I go, I will be adorning a Titans mask. And the team store has them, I'm told, as well. All right. Well, I'm going to have to look into that. You've got to. It's got to be an accessory. And by the way, the team store being back open is a is a great thing because there's a bunch of, uh, I think a lot of the new gear has started to come in finally. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, that's one of our exciting parts of the year. It's like Steve Martin in The Jerk. Did you ever see The Jerk? No, I've never seen movies. It's a great movie. So, Steve Martin, he's a character named Naven Johnson. And to become somebody in his eyes, you have to 
get your name in the phone book. Of course, there really aren't phone books per se anymore. But when you get your name in the phone book, you were somebody. And in the movie, he proclaims, the phone books are here. The phone books are here. <laughs> um, I love Steve Martin. It's kind of the same way when we get all of the new gear for the upcoming season, we're all like 14 years old again. It's Christmas. I've got a new hat. Look mm -hmm. at my shorts, you know. Oh, a new a new jacket, you know. Like mm -hmm. we've never had a jacket before. Right. But that never gets old. Yeah. Well, it's different every year. It's, it's new different every year. Every year. But it reminds us we have we have these cool jobs getting to work for NFL teams. Right. And so you you know, I still I mean, I walk around in gear all the time. I buy gear. I'm, mm -hmm. I have plenty, but if I see something, if I see a hat or I see a shirt or whatever, I, I buy it. Yeah. And so when the team store gets the new stuff, it's like, I got to go in and just walk around. Right. And just see what they have. And, and you know, I think this year is going to be even cooler because there are more branding options with NFL products now. I hope for women, I know for men that's true. I hope it's the same case. It seems like the women's stuff has expanded. Women's stuff has expanded and there are a lot of people like Aaron Andrews and the Wear brand and some different people like celebrities who are lending their names to these athletic, I guess athletic apparel is what it's called. Right. Athleisure wear. I don't know. Nice. But they're, they're lending their names to these brands that are working with the NFL to create brands for women that represent their teams, but aren't either like shiny and look like a five-year-old girl should be wearing them right. or oddly shaped. Because that happens a lot too, that women's clothing, when they take men's apparel and try to make it for women, somehow the shaping is odd sometimes. But before we move on, I have to give a quick shout out to the Sakata family in Hawaii. They're season ticket members and they mailed us masks from Hawaii that they made for us. And they're the best masks I have. So while they are not Titans branded, which I need to get some Titans branded masks. They made them for me and they are good quality and you can put little filters in them. And I am so thankful for these masks because I just keep it in my car and I wash it and I wear it. And But yeah, season ticket members made me a mask. Well, that's nice. It was very nice. So shout out to them because that was a very delightful thing. And I appreciated someone thinking of my safety. Shout out to you for letting us air the sports stories event that Dave McGinnis and I did with Mickey Ryan to benefit the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Thank you for letting us put that together. First of all, Coach Mack's stories are always the best. And if you haven't read John Glennon's story at SI.com about Dave McGinnis becoming coach of the Chicago Bears and not knowing it, that's fantastic. <laughs> but we could do an hour a week to the end of time with Dave McGinnis telling stories and we would never run out of stories. Right, we might have to bleep some things out and redact yeah. names or things right. like that. But yeah, he could tell stories forever. We could air them for the rest of life. It's amazing. So we did that event and it was about an hour and 20 minutes and we cut it down to make an OTP out of it. I think it was 43 minutes, so you heard part of it. but. Thanks for, for letting us do that, for, for letting us uh, put that on and tell those stories. 
and also to plug the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, they held their final event for their Man Woman of the Year competition last Thursday. Kristen Gore is the Woman of the Year. Eric Larson is the Man of the Year. They raised nearly $170,000 in this incredibly difficult time because the majority of money they raise in that competition is generally done by candidate events, parties, and well, they couldn't do any of that. And yet, 12 candidates still stuck with it, actually counting the all-star candidates and Jeff Jarrett, who was an ambassador, 15 candidates, uh, still raised $170,000 for LLS Tennessee. And so thank you, thank you, thank you to them uh, for that hard work and to you for for allowing us to play that and um, let us promote that, which is a great thing. And to Coach Mack, who Last year when Jonathan Hutton was the man of the year, Coach Mack did a bunch of events for him to help raise money, and he's the best. Well, Mike, you've been involved in a lot of different things recently, and I wanted to ask you about the funeral that you spoke at for a fallen officer in Brentwood. How did you end up in that position? Because it that's quite the position of honor to be in, to be speaking at a funeral like that. Destin Legasa was his name. He was almost 31 years old. You and he were born four days apart. Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought about that when I saw his birthday. And I said, he's the, he's the exact same age, almost to the hour yeah. of Amy Wells. So Officer Legasa lost his life on June the 18th in what was a, a, a tragic accident, tragic situation, however you want to look at it. I know Pam Stevens very well at the Williamson Memorial Funeral Home, and she's a good friend. And she called me and said, I want to put Chief Hughes on from the Brentwood Police Department. I'm like, okay. And so he he said, Destin was a massive Titans fan, and we would like for you to say something at his service. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, I'm in. So they told me that it was, you know, last Wednesday and when to be there and whatever. And then during the period of time in between the phone call and the service, I had a chance to talk with his partner, Brent Rousey. And I had a chance to, you know, do some research online and read some other things and then take a look at a lot of pictures on social media. Amy, this guy was the deal in terms of being a Titans fan. Yeah. He went to London. He was with us for Monday Night Football in Dallas. He went to Denver last year. He went to two of the playoff games. He was all over the draft in 2019. He was at the uniform unveiling. He went to caravan stops. I mean, there are pictures with him everywhere with everybody. He named his dog Titan. He drove a Titan. And what I came to find out is that his passion and love for the Titans really symbolized everything else in his life. That's how he went about being a police officer. That's how he went about being a friend, being a a husband. I mean, everything he did was with this incredible passion. And then I came to understand why they wanted someone from the Titans to represent that part of his life, because it was really, it was that important. If it's not the most important talk I've ever been asked to do. It's top two or top three, that's for sure. I was blown away by the honor and blown away by the family and the friends and just just 
everybody. And I tell you what really jumps out to. So we start this whole thing in 98, really. First year we played at Vanderbilt. And we would sit around in the trailer and we would talk about building a fan base. And we said, you know, if you're 35 years old right now and you're a Steelers or a Cowboys fan, we're probably not going to get you, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been a Steelers or a, everybody I grew up with was a fan of a national team. Right. I was a Cowboys fan and most of my friends were Steelers fans or Raiders fans or, you know, so on and so forth. So we're not going to change you, but we used to tease, we're going to get your kids. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we, we, we can't get you, but you're going to end up having to buy our tickets and you're going to end up having to buy our merchandise because we're going to get your kids. And so Destin started going to Titans games at age nine. Wow. What we wanted to do sitting there in that trailer, he was the perfect example of why we did caravan stops the way we did, and they were crazy. How we did the caravan was not human. It was not a good idea physically to be driving around like what we did in an RV, but it was worth it. It was Mm -hmm. all the school programs that we did. I mean, the people who I've met who are in their 30s now who said, you brought Javon Kirst to my school, you brought T-Rack to my school, you brought Steve McNair or, you know, whatever. And that made me a fan for life. That's who he was. And so he represented a lot of things as I learned about him, but he also represented about what I love so much about Titans fans, you know, and that is the passion. And, you know, I, I thought a lot about those two playoff wins and people said, ah, what's the best part? Beating Tom Brady, beating the Ravens. And, and, and yeah, I mean, all that's great. But what was aw- most awesome was seeing our fans mm-hmm. who waited for those moments mm-hmm. and who stuck through the hard times. And when I saw our fans come up to the booth after the Baltimore game, just because they wanted to celebrate with us, that's what brought tears to my eyes. Because not winning the game or what we did on the broadcast or, you know, who made the great plays. It was these people getting to have these moments that are so special. And knowing that Destin was in New England and got to experience that, I mean, it certainly doesn't replace anything about the tragedy, but it lets you know that some of his happiest moments in life involved us and involved mm-hmm. his friends and family with us. That's what you love sports for. Yeah. You love for how it brings people together. You you love the fans and the fans are why we do this. So that's a long answer to your question. No, but that was a good answer. And watching you do that made me very proud, not only as your broadcast partner, but also just to have you representing the Titans, the organization, how thankful all of us are for Dustin, his service, and also just fans and that kind of passion. You did a very good job. Well, thank you. You're not going to do better than Chief Hughes and his friends and his colleagues. I mean, what they're going to say is is more meaningful. And the fact that they showed the video of him on a traffic stop with a lady with a monkey... <laughs> And to, to hear his family and friends laugh, mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you hope that those services are celebrations of a person's life. Right. And they celebrated his life. And so when you write something down, 
you hope that it can just be an accompaniment to what the people who are really most important in his life say. So you're just trying to get it right. You agonize because you don't want to miss what's important to them. You want to make what you say in that moment what you hope they want you to say. Mm-hmm. And they were very nice. And Vince Gill was very nice. And Lee Bryce was very nice. I mean, to have them play those songs, I mean, what that meant to the family and friends was just, I mean, it, it blew you away. Yeah. Vince Gill, Lord, what a treasure. He might be one of the nicest people in America. Lee Bryce, I had never met Lee Bryce, and he is a nice guy. And certainly he's a big deal right now, too. He doesn't have the longevity of Vince Gill. And I've known about Vince for over 30 years because I worked for WIVK in Knoxville. And WIVK was the number one country station in America at that time. Really? Yeah. We had over a 40 share of the market, which was unheard of. And if WIVK added your record, it had a chance because other radio stations in America would see that they added your record to the current playlist and that they would add it because they're like, if WIVK is doing it, then that's, that's what it is. And my general manager, Bobby Denton, loved Vince Gill. He decided Vince Gill, like he decided Kenny Chesney was a star. Mm-hmm. He decided that Vince Gill was a star and added his record. And he, he was there for Vince Gill when Vince Gill was trying to get over the hump, maybe even to the hump. <laughs> And so all of us in the building became Vince Gill fans because Bobby Denton, you know, did this. And Vince always appreciated Bobby for that. And so, you know, just to listen to him and to see him sing with the Eagles. And I got to be in a room where he and Lee were warming up. And you think about Derrick Henry and his gifts, Mm -hmm. right? You think about A.J. Brown and his gifts. Vince Gill and Lee Bryce have different gifts, but... They are gifts nonetheless. It's amazing. I mean, it, it is amazing to sit in presence of talent like that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Thank you, Amy. That was very kind of you. Also, we appreciate our fine sponsor of the OTP, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Amy Wells, it's almost July. It feels like we're going to play football. After you heard that training camp is is going to start on time July the 28th, are you more optimistic? I am optimistic and curious, if that makes sense. So I think that we are going to have football. I do not think that in the United States of America, a fall can exist without football happening in some capacity. I just don't think that that can happen. I'm curious as to a lot of different things, how individual teams are going to pull off some of the league mandated best practices. I am curious to see how many, if any, fans we're going to be able to have in stadiums and things like that. I am curious to see what football looks like as the season progresses and as we settle in even more to this new normal. There are just so many question marks that are still happening that I'm so curious and so interested to see how they evolve and what the actual execution is. But 
If you ask me if I think there's going to be football, I say absolutely. The job that's got to be the toughest for everybody in the league right now has got to be the 32 teams operations departments. I can't imagine. And for all of us, I mean, we're having to make adjustments because you and I are talking about how we're going to do our TV shows and how are we going to do our radio programming and things like that. And, and everybody listening to the OTP right now is dealing with something like that at work. But for the ops people, I mean, to figure out, you know, the locker room is the locker room. It's not like you can build a new locker room right now. So if you've got social distancing, how are you doing that? Does that mean players dress in another part of the building? How does that work? The cafeteria is the cafeteria. We spent several million dollars a year ago redoing our facility, which is fantastic, but it's not any bigger. <laughs> There's nothing you can do with that. How do we travel? How do you seat people on the plane? How do you do the hotel? How do you do meeting rooms? How do you do meals on the road? How do you do buses to the stadium? And figuring all this out, I mean, John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens has said that he thinks it's impossible, physically impossible. And, and I mean, I get some of that, but I think the toughest part comes down to the fact that every time you unspool something, something else is created that you never thought of, that you always just took for granted. And for Brent Akers and Chris Matuzic, I don't see how they're sleeping at night trying to figure it all out. It's like a giant puzzle. You are given the amount of square footage that your facility has, and that's it. The league has said you can't go anywhere, especially for training camp. So think about what training camp is. While these guys are trying to put this puzzle together within the square footage of St. Thomas Sports Park, they have to get 90 athletes, 90, not 53 in a practice squad, 90 professional athletes in a building, having meetings, having practices, eating. It's boot camp. They're allowed to be in the facility for what is it, 12 hours a day, something like that? Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. So for a tremendous amount of time, it's basically sleepaway camp. Right. But for football. And so you have to figure out a way to get all of those people fed, bathed, practiced, clothes changed, sitting in meetings, like you have to have places for all of these human beings. Treat it. You know, you've got the whirlpool and the ankle taping. And I mean, even if you're not hurt, every player spends time in the in the treatment room. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's another big one. Right. Well, and even under normal circumstances for training camp, the building looks very different because the locker room is designed for 53. So we're already doing some overflow things in terms of the locker room for 90 guys. You already see cots and extra treatment beds and different things like overflowed into the bubble perhaps or out into hallways because there's so many people. And that's not even with requiring six feet of space between everything. They're cramming things into the overflow spaces just because there's so many bodies moving around. Right. The puzzle that Brent Akers and the rest of the ops team are trying to solve right now is massive. And I have no spatial reasoning skills. I don't have a lot of depth perception. So I would not be helpful to them during this time. But I can only imagine that that is just a mind puzzle like you can't imagine. But you know what we used to call Brent Akers? He and I have worked together for over 20 years. He's a good friend. Yeah, are you allowed to say this on the OTP? 
Yeah, sure. MacGyver. Oh, because okay. he's, yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who could take a who could take a pen and could figure out how to get a mower started with a pen. Mm -hmm. And so that's the type of guy you want in these situations. The other thing, too, is Vrabel is one of those kind of people. And John Robinson is really one of those kind of people. The funny thing about those two guys is if they weren't football, they could both work ops and be good at it because they have minds like that. They are the types of guys that if you go into one of those, what do you call it, the trapped rooms, the escape yeah. room, yeah. they are the kind of guys who could get out of there. And so I think what they will end up doing is they will end up somehow making this as manageable as possible to the point where it is less of a distraction for the Tennessee Titans probably than it is for some teams. I was going to ask you, can you think of a team, and I don't know the business of the other 31 NFL teams. I don't know what they're doing. Can you think of a team that is more well-suited for this situation that we are in right now? than the Tennessee Titans. Given so much of the team is coming back, so much of the coaching staff is in place, Mike Vrabel is who Mike Vrabel is, John Robinson is who he is. Like, we seem to be in such a good place in terms of consistency, ingenuity, the standards aren't gonna change. Like, everything seems to be shining a good light for the Titans. Yeah, and and, I think it's a good point because when you come back, and that's the reason if they go to two preseason games, it's because you're going to want to take these extra weeks and on the front end, get used to the new normal. And then on the back end, get, get ready for the season. If they provide some days on the back end, which, you know, I don't know which of the two preseason games will play, but we'll see. But I think the Titans, because of just what you're saying, will walk in and the first few days will be goofy. And they'll be going, we can't do what? we can't." But th within 72 hours, this will be their normal. And in their minds, they will think, this is training camp. This is just how it is. We go on. We're not distracted. We're not upset. I think some teams, it's going to be harder because I don't think the coach will manage it as well. I think he'll start every conversation with, well, guys, we're, you know, we know this is hard. Mike Vrabel ain't going to start every conversation with, well, guys, this is hard. He's going to yep. start the first conversation with that, and then it's over. Yep. And then it's, this is what it is. And so we don't want any whining or crying, and we're not going to make excuses. We're going to work. Yep. And when your head coach has that mindset, because some coaches are more temperamental than others, mm -hmm. he is emotional, but he is not temperamental. Agreed. Yep. I mean, we've seen Mike Vrabel angry, granted. We've seen Mike Vrabel happy, granted. But he is not all over the road. You don't get something different with Mike Vrabel every single day. I agree with that. We have both encountered coaches in our life that you get something different maybe every single hour. And I'm talking about in, in my career in a variety of sports. And the consistency of the person determines in large part the mood of the team. Yeah, because I think players feed off of that. They feel they that. They feel it. They that feel inconsistency. It. Mm -hmm. And I think that having someone in that position, that head coaching role, who can be consistent, who you know what you're going to get 
anytime you interact with them, I think that that translates to players and consistency on the field and beyond. And when they trust the message, Mm -hmm. and I think they have grown to trust Vrabel's message because it has now shown results. Clearly it works. I mean, that's what we all want. I mean, when, when you have leadership and a leader says, this is what we're going to do, and then it works, then all of a sudden the leader has credibility. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. Sure it is. Especially in a moment like this, nobody's downplaying anything. We're just talking about the football aspect of it right now because we work for a football team and this is a podcast about football. You understand that the leadership is not always an easy thing. And sometimes the leadership is telling you what you don't want to hear. Guys, this is going to stink. I mean, it's just not going to be easy and you're going to have to stay with me. But then once you say that, it's over. Right. I mean, he won't even tell us which bye week he would prefer to have. No. Because Vrabel refuses to allow himself to get into hypotheticals that don't affect his life. Or to be manipulated by outside circumstances. Exactly. Yep. Now, it makes it harder on a broadcaster who is doing a talk show and says, hey, do you like having the bye week, week seven? And he's like, whatever. (laughs) I mean, surely he has an opinion, right? (laughs) No, the more you press him, the more he tells you he's not going to tell you. It's pretty funny, actually. But that's the way he is in private, too. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. no different. This is not an act. Nope. And then Robinson is a guy that he just has this sort of, um, he's really smart. John is really, really smart. But he also has this common sense that a lot of people who grew up on a farm or out in the middle of nowhere have. And it's a sly sort of genius that they don't show you, Mm -hmm. but they have it. It's a different sort of thing with him. And the combination of John Robinson and Mike Vrabel in this instance gives you a lot of confidence that the Titans are going to have a chance to make the best of what is obviously going to be a hard situation for football. It's not a hard situation for life. We're not comparing it to anything outside of. But if you're just talking about the football and being ready to play September 14th in Denver, to your original point, I think this gives you the best chance. Yep. I feel excited to be a Tennessee Titan going into this 2020 season and seeing what this team is going to be able to do with less than ideal circumstances. All right, so you checked the OTPQs. I did check the OTPQs. Do you have anything you would like to throw out before we depart this two-person edition of the OTP? Why, I sure do, Mike Keith. This first one is for you. And this is from Andrew from Columbia, Missouri. He asks, Mike Keith, what game is the loudest that you can remember at Nissan Stadium? Well, obviously the loudest that we ever had was the Buffalo game after the Music City Miracle. That's like nothing I've ever experienced. So take that off the tape. The loudest that I remember Nissan Stadium other than that was when we played the New York Giants in 2006. Eli Manning and the Giants. We trailed 21 to nothing going into the fourth quarter, and we scored 24 straight points to beat them. And it was as crazy 
and that fourth quarter, the place just shook. We've had several games where it's happened, but Amy, we played so bad. We played so I played just awful for three quarters. And it was like a switch went on and we wore them out in the fourth quarter and won the game. And the whole fourth quarter, the place just shook. Uh, Monday night football 2008 against the Colts would also be right there. 2008 against the Steelers would be right there as well. To me, that one in 2006 against the Giants. One of the best Titans games that is never mentioned was that comeback. Was that louder than, I have a hard time imagining Nissan Stadium louder than the Kansas City game in 2019. Holy smokes. Wow. That makes my ears hurt in a good way. This group of fans uh, now has something to shoot for, so that's good. Consider it a challenge, Titans fans. And remember this, too. Let me say one thing about tickets. One of the areas that we talked about earlier that the Titans locker room shop is back open. There are people back in the ticket office now. So if you are interested in the flex tickets, if you're interested in the five packs, the two packs, the group tickets, whatever, they are back in there now, which is nice because they can take phone calls. 615-565-4200. Plug to our good friends, our hardworking folks in the ticket office. You want another OTPQ? Sure. This one is from Brandon from Owensboro, Kentucky. Owensboro, KY. Hello. There it is. (laughs) Home of the Waltrips. Oh my goodness. We're coming unglued. Here's his question. Jim Wyatt says that Jonu Smith will be the season's breakout star. Who do you think will be this season's breakout star and why? And he adds rules. You cannot say Jonu. Okay. I think it's Jeffrey Simmons. I think Jeffrey Simmons becomes one of the dominant defensive linemen in the NFL because I think he has a skill set. I think he has a work ethic. I think he has a heart and a motor for it. I think he is one of the best natural talents we've had in a long, long time, regardless of position. So I would say Jeffrey Simmons. Have you seen a picture of Jeffrey Simmons recently? I have not. He put a picture on Instagram maybe a week or so ago. His body has changed a little bit. He is a little slimmer, it looks like. He looks very strong. I looked at that picture and I thought, oh yeah, that guy is a Tennessee Titan. He looks in shape. He looks healthy. He looks ready to go. And I am ready to get that guy in the building. Cool. Mike, this is going to be a wild ride. Can you believe it's almost here? Yeah, I'm ready for it to be here. And I'm excited about it. I mean, every year in the NFL is so strange because it's like a, a, a car race. You have 32 cars. I mean, it truly is a stock car. You have 32 cars that are stock. We all have the same challenges. We and, and everybody's got a chance. Yep. And so you, you can't take anybody for granted. You don't know what's going to happen. And how well you prepare gives you a chance. But yet, some things have to fall your way for it to work out. Everybody has to have some good fortune. Yep. And hopefully, we're all going to have the good fortune of having a season. Because I think, you know, having basketball and baseball and hockey and football back. I think it would help folks. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I, I think it would help everybody because, I mean, some of the challenges are just unreal. It's, it's not going to solve the problems, 
But it's just like how I felt about the draft when some people were criticizing the league about the draft. I thought it would help people just to, mm-hmm. just to have something to look forward to. And I think that's going to be the case with this. I agree. I think, I think that sports have the uncanny ability to give you something to look forward to, give you something to get excited about, to rally around, and bring people together to cheer for a team. Well, that's you know? that- and I think that that's exactly what we could all use right now, something to look forward to, something to get excited about, and something to all come together and cheer for. And you think about how much, like you and I and Ashley Farrell and the the Titans radio folks, how much we text articles and we talk about topics. And, you know, we're we're just like everybody else as far as fans. You know, you see something and, and everybody sends it to the group. Hey, what about this player or what about this team or this is interesting. Just being able to commiserate about sports is a great thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just love, you know, I love reading all the articles and keeping up with it. I, I love being a fan. Yeah. And it, it's just entertaining to talk about. We've probably talked enough now, don't you think? I suppose. Yeah. We've unpacked a lot of stuff. We've covered a lot of ground today, Mike Keith. We've covered a lot of ground. We've covered a lot of ground and uh, hope everybody has a great 4th of July weekend. Please be safe. Please be smart. Go get a Titans mask. Get a Titans mask at the Titans Pro Shop. But also, here we go, July. Just think about this. As we leave you on this edition of the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, just think about this. The calendar turning means we are moving into training camp month. It's happening. You have something to look forward to. That's all you can ask for right now. Something to look forward to. And it's camp. It's happening. For Amy Wells and Ashley Farrell, I'm Mike Keith. We thank you for listening to the OTP.